Hey guys, welcome to the Chatter from the Cheap Seats podcast where we talk about life, sports, and everything in between. I'm your host, Jack Feldman, alongside with my co-hosts, Oriachin and Sammy Krimstein. You can get the podcast on all your major podcast platforms. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at chatter underscore cheap seats pod. And please uh, give us a five-star review and a, a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. That really helps us out. And yeah, Sammy, how you doing, man? Good. Today was actually like one of the busiest days I've had in a while. I mean, because I had like one event, which is like better than the nothing that's literally been happening. But um, yeah, I, uh, I got together with uh, my pitching coach for the first time in a while. And uh, the field was being used, but uh, we, I was able to get like a flat ground bullpen in, which was good. And uh, yeah, besides that, you know, just working on some music of mine. And uh, yeah, it's been going good. How about you, Ori? Yeah, I mean, uh, the rain has been keeping me cooped up, but today it was super nice. So I uh, went out, played some baseball. We had, uh, I think I worked out, um, kind of the normal stuff I do when it's nice out, uh, which was pretty cool for a change. Um, but I wanted to get your guys' thoughts. Um, there's been a lot of leaking of the PS5 and the graphics and all that stuff. So uh, what would you guys think of that? Are you guys going to cop one when it comes out? I mean, it, it looks insane it looks great like no one's gonna deny that it looks awesome and everyone's gonna want it but like what is it like five hundred dollars or something it's gotta be pretty i mean gotta be they didn't make it official but it's probably gonna be it's probably i mean like i'm like my ps4 like i don't play it that much i just really play sports games so like for me it's not worth it eventually i'll have to get it like once all the games are really exclusively sold on the ps5 but like you know, well, obviously, but yeah, here, uh, yeah. yeah. I, it, at this point, it's just uh, not worth it for me yet. You yeah. know, I you agree with that. I agree with that, and yeah, and I'm, I'm on the same page. I think that it's going to be incredible. Did you guys see the graphics? Uh, the the 2K graphics oh. were amazing. Oh my! God. Although I saw something on Instagram, it was like 2K never really updates the graphics; they just add more sweat. To the players, <laughs> that's, that's low key true. Kind of fast, yeah, kind of fast, kinda true. but but I think I don't think it's going to be like when the Xbox One came out and the Xbox 360 just became obsolete immediately. I think that they're still going to make games for the PlayStation Four, and it's still going to be everyone's still going to play the PlayStation Four just because of how expensive the PlayStation Five is going to cost. And for that reason, I think I'm not going to get the PlayStation Five until. They start making games only for the PlayStation 5 because that's when you know the PS4 is going to become obsolete and people and the majority of your friends are going to start switching yeah. over to the PS4. But guys, uh, I have a hot take here. Now, this is very interesting. Uh, Ori, are you a, an avid soda drinker? No, I drink exclusively water. Hey, me too. I, me too. I, oh, Sammy, I like that. Healthy. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, you know, I, I drink like Gatorade if I'm like exercising or like playing baseball or whatever. And but like besides that, like I honestly like I'm basically exclusively water. Yeah, man, bro. Yeah. My, the water at my house is absolutely. Ori's dope. house, I, I can, I can uh, second that. Ori's house's water, the water in his house is just incredible. And I, I think, oh I think I'm not 
I don't drink soda a lot. Uh, the only time I ever drink soda is either if it's like the Super Bowl or March Madness. That's the only time I'll ever have soda in my house. And then if I go out to eat, I'll get a soda like once in a while. But I'm, I'm not a big soda drinker. I like soda, but I don't drink it that much. But I have a hot take here when it comes to different sodas. I think that Coke is the most overrated soda out of any soda on the planet. And I'll tell I mean, you why. I'll take your word for it. I, I would not know. I'll tell you like, why. I'll take your word for it. Ori, is your like? I know you don't drink soda, but like I, I assume you've had Coke before. Oh yes, I've had Coke. Do you like? Do you like Coke? I do like it. Um, but you know, I'm a more of a root beer type of guy. You see, I, root beer is my favorite soda. I actually like birch beer better, which is pretty much just like a more like, it's it's usually just it, pretty much the same thing as root beer. It's just I don't I don't really know the big difference, but I think that. Coke is just so overrated because when you think of soda, the first soda you think is of is Coke. Coke is so branded. And yeah, honestly, true. it's better than Pepsi, but it's not that good. I think Dr. Pepper is better than Coke. No, no. Dr. Pe- Dr. Pepper is really good. Order. That's nasty. Oh. It's my Wait, least no. favorite. Okay, Look, I have to, okay I, we're just going to have to agree to disagree on this one. But I think, I think Dr. Pepper is better. I think root beer is by far better than Coke. I think Sprite is better than Coke. I and honestly, I think ginger ale is more functional. It's a more functional soda than Coke because Coke is just a soda that you really just like enjoy to 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 drink, like most sodas. But ginger ale is the only soda that like actually has like a function to it. Because like when you're sick or you have like a stomach ache, you drink ginger ale, you know. So I, I mean, think when I say like I'm like ex- like exclusively water, like. I'm not joking. Like, I literally I, – I maybe tried Coke, like, once or twice. Really? Like, See, I'm that I, way I, with fast I'm, food. I literally don't drink any – like, I've never really – like, root beer I've never had. I've never had Dr. Pepper. Like, I just, it's just never something I've gotten into. I don't know why. It's just, like – I, and like, whenever I tell that to anyone, they're like, What? Oh my god! Like any, it's yeah, it's just yeah. something I've never got into. I don't yeah. know. And I, I'm that way with fast food. I've had oh, okay. maybe Chick Fil A six or seven times in my life. I've had McDonald's exactly twice. Never had Wendy's. Never had Burger King. Uh, never had really wow. any other fast food. Than I make two. I make up for the water Except, drinking. Yeah. I frequent McDonald's. Really, the only um, <laughs> it's my favorite only, restaurant. And especially like it's hard because like when you go to all these baseball tournaments, McDonald's is sometimes the only restaurant close like in the fifty miles. I, I really never. I mean, I have Five Guys a fair amount. I'd say that's the only fast food that I have, maybe frequently. And by frequently, I mean once a month, twice a month at most. And like Five Guys is is fast food, but, but like, it's not like it's McDonald's. not as fast foody as like any of those other. Yeah. Any of those. Oh guys. no, that stuff is greasy, bro. But it's not. It's not on the same level as mcdonald's but well, anyway i'm not saying it's healthy but it's just like yeah it's a different vibe yeah, you know? in, yeah. Know. in bigger news i think more people care the headline of this show is baseball drum, drum roll, is back. drum roll drum roll please oh, no, too, late. too late I, too late for the drum roll. i'm sorry i screwed that up but anyway yeah, baseball before, is back before we it get is into baseball show. here uh one one second ori we're just gonna do this new thing here that we're trying out. If you guys don't like it, if you guys like it, uh, let us know on our Instagram chatter underscore cheap seats pod. You can DM us. We're just going to do a quick rundown of what uh, the topics that we're going to go over today. Uh, 
Obviously, the big news, baseball is back. Then we're going to talk some NBA, the bubble plan. I'm going to talk some Dak Prescott franchise tag. Then, obviously, we're going to do Jack's dumb Twitter take, uh, some hot takes, and, and, or his Amazon product today. We're not going to do Sammy's what if, and then we're going to end it there. So let's get to the first topic. Uh, we can pretend like uh, what Ori said didn't happen, so drum roll, please. <laughs> drum roll. I'll announce it. Baseball is back, guys. As I said before, it might come as a shock to those people that thought baseball would never come back, like myself. But I always back. had hope. I always had hope. I was. Yeah, that's true. He has. Yeah. Jack stayed optimistic. I was super pessimistic. But hey, I was kind of in between. <laughs> they <laughs> they reached a deal. It's going to be sixty game season. Um, I wouldn't say they really reached a deal. It's more like the MLB kind of forced a deal onto the players. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Yeah. Um, there's some clause in some sort of contract. I think in the CBA that says that they're allowed to um just force this season. I guess. But anyway, I don't care. We have baseball. I'm super happy. I would have been happy with a 10-game season, but 60 games, I'm chilling oh, with that's that. Stretchy. Uh, what'd you guys think? I'm super excited. And like Ori was saying, you know, a 10-game season, you know. I would have <laughs> taken it. You're telling me you wouldn't <laughs> I, want I, look, But, like, I, I would take anything. Like, yeah. that, you know, I, I would take a 10-game season. You know what? Like, 10 games is better than nothing. And, like, everything is different now. Everything's changing. No one's getting, you know – anything that they're used to getting, you know, everything is crazy this year. And I think getting 60 games is even, you know, a little more than we might even get because uh, there is definitely going to be a second wave in the fall of coronavirus, which could end up canceling the season. So 60 games could even be like a hopeful, hopeful thought, but um, you know, that's the plan as of now. And I'm super excited. It's, really just been horrible these few months without baseball i i have not known what to do with myself but um yeah i'm super excited uh for this next season and no matter what you know i'm i'm just gonna be watching all day all night baseball so excited absolutely here and just to get into a little bit of the details and the nitty-gritty of this plan. Uh, it is going to be a 60-game season. Um, opening day will be July 23rd or 24th. Uh, players will report to camp July 1st, which is coming up. Today's June 23rd. You guys will uh, probably be listening to this on June 24th. And, yeah, so some of the details. Uh, the format of the schedule uh, still needs to be made, but we know the structure of it. Uh, every team will play. 40 games against the um, the division foes, and then um, or 10 games against each division opponent, which brings up a really interesting uh, argument that some teams are going to be way better off than this. Because I mean, you look at a team like the Yankees. I mean, yes, they're going to be having they're going to have to play uh, 10 games against the um, against the Rays, which are a good team. And you might be thinking, well, I mean, it's a 60 game season. They're going to that's not that many games, but in a 60-game season, that, that counts for a lot more games than, well, yeah. than what 10 games would count for, obviously, in a 162-game um, season. and so, But then they also get to pay, play 10 games against the Blue Jays, who aren't that good. I mean, they got some young talent, but they're not that good right now. 10 games against the Orioles, who, sorry, Orioles, suck. <laughs> uh, 10 games against the Red Sox, who 
are not that are not that good anymore, really, with Chris Sale out. And then, um, and yeah, I mean, it's just a pretty easy division. But then you also play twenty interleague games against your geographical equivalent. So, for example, the Nats would play all their games against NL and AL East teams, uh, and then the teams are going to submit Whoa. sixty player rosters. So. Whoa. Yeah, for big league spring training, and um, there will be a uh, forty. Don't have to have a uh, invite to um, uh, the camp, but the players must be paid, and high risk players can opt out. So if you have, if if you're high risk to coronavirus, or uh, someone in your immediate family is high risk, then you can opt out and receive That's uh, full play and service time. Uh, the transaction freeze is going to end this week, so teams will be able to make transactions beginning Friday at noon. The trade deadline will be on August 31st. That's weird. <laughs> there will be a COVID-specific inactive list, according to Jeff Passan. Um, MLB will have a COVID-19-specific inactive list that, that players will be placed on if they test positive or show symptoms. And there will be no set amount of time for the players to sit out. It won't be like the um, the DL where it requires them to miss at least ten days. Uh, okay. It'll if they feel better after three days and they test negative, then they can go. And this is possibly the most interesting detail. Uh, there will be uh, the MLB has talked with the city of Nashville about hosting two teams of unsigned players. So people who are free agents, people that are aren't signed by teams, uh, Bartolo Colon. Is an example. Hey. Um, the city of Nashville will um, host two teams of, and this isn't final; they're just talks. But they will host two teams of unsigned players who would be paid to remain in shape as potential or placement pay- players should the need arise to That's during smart, the season. Actually. Teams would then have to pay to add the, these players, but it's unclear exactly who would be involved and how it would work out. But it's just it's it's not final; it's just a possibility of it being discussed. So I know that was a lot of information to take in, uh, but yeah, Ori, uh, what do you feel about this information? Well, I mean, I'm super happy. As I said, I would have taken anything but 60 games. Uh, You know, it's a lot and I'm super excited. I think the Orioles, you know, this is probably our best shot at the playoffs Um, because 60 games, you know, if we go on a hot streak, who knows? Um, What's interesting to me is that they made the uh, Major League roster. It's going to be expanded to 30 players. Um, It was 26 in 2019. So that's four extra players on the Major League roster, um, which was interesting to me. I think that's probably a good move on their part. Opening day is supposed to be July 23rd to 24th. So I'm counting down those days. Uh, Sammy, I know you were happy when we heard this news. We all were. What did you say? I'm just, you know, like I said, super, super excited. I'm, you know, 60 games. I'll take it any day. And, you know, as a Cubs fan, you know, it's going to be interesting. So, Jack, you said that, um, so it's the, they're playing uh, 40 games in division. And then the rest of the games are going to be like, so for the Cubs, it would be against the AL Central. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to correspond to their, their uh, division so the NL East will play the AL East, the, the NL Central will play the AL Central, and, uh, See, and so and so. That's super interesting because you know obviously, you know teams like the Cubs are used to playing you know, you know obviously NL Central teams, but you know also the NL East teams and you know all the other teams in the NL. But yeah, it's gonna Nats, be weird. Cubs happen happen a lot. That's a definitely yeah. Happen. But you know I, 
it's going to be weird because the Cubs, obviously, that would mean more games against uh, the White Sox, more games against the Twins, who I think will be a good team again. And, I, you know, I think it actually might make their job a little bit harder. Still, the the Twins will still, still get swept in the playoffs by the Yankees. Let's make that clear. But I don't think that's true. Re- okay, that's a. I don't think the Yankees are that good. <laughs> You're kidding. That was, the joke. that was a joke. Calm down, Jack. Okay, I was about to go absolutely ape shit on you. <laughs> but, I mean, I think we can all agree we would have been a lot happier if this news came out a couple weeks ago. But, I mean, I am like. It's just. It's kind of like. You know that feeling when. It's the first day of summer, or not not even the first day of summer, like right when school ends, and it's kind of like surreal, and you're kind of like, wait, it's not so, like, like it yeah. doesn't feel right. It, if something feels off, I had that feeling right now. I'm just like, wait, baseball can't be coming back. Like, that's not possible. I mean, I'm, I'm, I feel like I took it for granted. I mean, I'm going to watch every single baseball game I possibly can, even if I, it's I'm like, the same I way. mean, it can be like an Oriole, a game where the Orioles and like, the Marlins and the Orioles are winning by 10 runs and I'll still watch it. I mean, okay, let's oh not get God. crazy. I went, I might not watch it that, but I'll watch that. <laughs> but I mean, that, that's, that's, um, I mean, it's just so exciting. And well, everything is, uh, nice and dandy in the MOB. Uh, the NBA is now according, uh, is going to have some issues according to ESPN. Uh, um, Berton, uh, Trevor Ariza, and uh, Bertans, who is the sixth man on the Wizards, who is a really good player, and he's going to get a big contract in free agency. They each are going to sit out the NBA return. Uh, Bertans, because of um, fear of injury and fear of coronavirus, and Trevor Ariza is going through a nasty custody battle, and he has court, court dates, and he has to be able to go to the court dates. And obviously, if he's in a bubble, he won't be able to do that. And then also, um, Joakim Noah signs with the Clippers. Uh, what do you guys think about these moves? Yeah, well, well, uh, oh. yeah, I'll go. I'll go. Sorry, All Sammy. Right. Uh, I just want to say that it's really, really interesting to me because you know the NBA—they were the best league when it comes to really getting their stuff together, setting a date, having a plan. You know, MLB just now comes out with a plan that's going to actually happen, but the NBA was way ahead of them and. What's going to suck for the NBA is that some players are just not going to play. And, you know, as we said, it is in Orlando. So, you know, the situation in Florida with COVID is getting worse and worse. So players are going to be at a higher risk now. And I think that it's going to be really bad for NBA's popularity if, you know, bigger names like Trevor Reza, um, you know, he's a good player. But once we see massive, massive stars pull out of the NBA – and say that they're not going to be playing this season, then I think that it'll really change, um, you know, how this season is going to be viewed. Yeah. Um, another interesting thing just about, you know, you know, the first few players like Bertans and Ariza saying they're not going to play is the reactions they're getting from other players. Um, Evan Fournier said, um, not calling anyone out, but he said, quote, seriously, though, if you think it's okay to sit and watch your teammates Play while you are perfectly healthy. It says a lot about you. Obviously criticizing Ariza and Bertans. And Bertans replies um, basically saying that he thinks he's doing what's best for him. And Bertans doesn't think people should be criticizing for uh, criticizing him for that. What do you guys think? Uh, yeah, I think that 
Um, if a player is sitting out because they're scared to get hurt, I think that's one thing. I think teammates are definitely going to be pissed at them. I think that if they're sitting out, I think the custody one is interesting. I don't think I know enough about how the court system works to really comment on that. Uh, I don't know if he had, like, I, like, I don't know if they can reschedule it. I really don't know enough about the court system to make a, um, uh, inf- informative comment about that. But I think that if a player has uh, prior conditions or is at risk to the coronavirus and you, and they want to sit out and you mock them for it, shame on you. I agree. Well, I mean, shame yeah. on you. <laughs> yeah. I, because, I mean, you know, it's even for people who are perfectly healthy, NBA, you know, NBA athletes who are like, you know, in the prime of their life, like super healthy, in shape. It's like, it doesn't matter. Like, uh, this disease, like, does not care. And yes, obviously it affects people at higher risk, much worse, but it's still very possible to get very sick and, you know, even worse from this disease, If even if you're a perfectly healthy, healthy person. So to criticize somebody for not wanting to play it's just crazy. You should not be doing that. I, I think every player, you know, everyone has a right to be able to do what they want to do, um, you know, when it comes to this virus. Not even athletes. Just everybody. Um, Absolutely. And everyone should have that choice. And obviously, athletes are not uh, – they have a much less chance of getting seriously um, ill from the virus. But, I mean – Still, I think that if you say that you don't want to sit out because you don't want to get hurt because you have, you're going to be a free agent and your team has no chance to win, and that's the thing. In baseball, hockey, we've seen eight seeds in hockey win before. We've seen uh, baseball teams that no one thinks has a shot win the World Series. In basketball, it's not like that. I mean, let's say, I mean, there's some teams like, like, if you're an eight seed in the NBA playoffs, you really have. Like, like you don't have a shot. I mean, well, you know, I mean, it's, it's been like that for the past few years. I think yeah. things could change, especially with how it's all weird this year. I mean, it's been pretty I mean, historically like that, too. But I think, uh, one more thing, Sammy. I think that if you decide to sit out, uh, like I was saying, because you don't think you have a shot or you don't want to get hurt, I think that's all. I think you should take flack for that. If it's not because of the coronavirus, if you're using it as like a cover to not play because you're going to be a free agent, I think you should take right. a little flack for that. Yeah, but I mean, you know, if you're doing it because of the coronavirus, people should no, not yeah. be criticizing that. That's yes, just absolutely. No. And I just, um, yeah, I really think that anyone that criticizes someone that has an underlying condition, I think that. Uh, people that don't have an underlying condition that aren't at risk that say they don't want to play because of the coronavirus are going to take some flack. Uh, I don't know if it's mm. deserved flack. I don't think. Uh, I don't think. But I think they will. I don't think anyone with an underlying condition or anyone that has a family member that has an underlying condition is going to take flack. And I think the people that do are idiots. Yeah, I mean, when it's about your personal health. Um, and with something such so serious and you know so dangerous as Corona, I think that you, you just got to do what's best for yourself. And if that's sitting out or if that's playing, you know that's your choice. And I, I, as you guys have said, I don't think you should be criticized for it. Um, but I mean, we we all agree on that point. But something that's been brewing on a different uh, sport, NFL, 
Dak Prescott and the Cowboys have been in contract negotiations. We know how that's been going. But it was official. Dak Prescott has signed a franchise tag for $31.4 million uh, from the Cowboys. And it is said that they have till July 15th to reach a long-term contract agreement. What did you guys think when you heard that news? Well, I, you know, I think it's a step in the right direction for both sides because Dak has wanted a long-term deal. And I think the Cowboys are going to want him long-term. Now, a lot of people say that Dak is overrated and they give him just a lot of crap. And I don't think it's deserved. I mean, he's a very disciplined quarterback. Nothing too fancy. I mean, he'll take what he can get. He's, and, you know, that's what the same thing you see from guys like Tom Brady and Drew Brees. And those guys, people love. But that's the same stuff. Is, uh, Dak does the same exact things, and he gets criticized for it. I mean, yes, he has some trouble throwing the ball deep. And getting into uh, those really tight spots. But he's a really good QB. I don't think people should call him overrated. And, you know, back to the contract, I really think it, this a long-term deal would mean one of two things. It's either that the Cowboys believe that he can make those adjustments, make those adjustments, hitting those balls in tight spots and working on the deep ball, or that the Cowboys – are fine with what they have. They like Dak the way he is. Just the fact that he's disciplined, a smart QB, can make uh, the nice, easy throws on those underneath routes. And maybe they're fine with that. Because Dak is not an elite quarterback, but he is a solid NFL QB and a guy that will do you well for the long term. The question is, are the Cowboys fine with how he is right now? Or are they going to try and develop him even further and try to get him better to work on what he is missing in his game. Yeah, and I think that when the Cowboys signed Zeke, you know, to that massive deal, I think it was a mistake because they didn't have the foresight to see that they're also going to have to pay Dak and that it was going to be tough to pay both. And, you know, as we've said before on previous episodes, when you have a good surrounding core for a running back, as in the offensive line, which the Cowboys are they have an incredible offensive line, a good passing game with good receivers and a good QB like the Cowboys do have. It's going to be really easy to be a good running back in that system, which is why I think they shouldn't have used the money to get Zeke and they should have saved that money, gotten a maybe lower end running back that can still perform in that Cowboys offense and use that money to instead of being in this back and forth with Dak to just pay the man the money. Because when you have a franchise quarterback, which Dak Prescott is, as much as people want to criticize him, he is a franchise quarterback. Maybe not the best, but he is. You yep. know, And instead of using the money that they had to sign him long-term, they instead wanted to keep Zeke, which I think was a mistake. Um, what do you guys think about the Zeke signing uh, You know, in comparison to Dak? Well, Ori, uh, one thing you said is you said that uh, you don't think the Cowboys had the foresight. I do have to take a little bit of exception to that because, I mean, Anyone that runs an organization, uh, except for maybe the Wilpons, the Mets owners, they're idiots. But most people, most owners are smart enough. And I think that they did take that into account when signing the Zeke, but making the Zeke signing. And I think that they thought that signing Zeke was the best thing for them. I don't think it was an impulsive or rash decision. And I don't, I'm not saying that I think signing Zeke was the best thing for them. I'm saying I think that's what, the, what Jerry Jones thought at the time because i mean 
you cannot I, I don't think it's fair to say that the Cowboys made an impulsive decision. I think that they definitely thought of how this would impact Dak Prescott because you're telling me that Jerry Jones did not think of this, but three uh fifteen year olds uh thought of this. I don't I don't know no, 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 how that's no. possible. I'm I'm saying that Jerry Jones thought of it, but did not take it as big of a factor as he should have. I think that oh, that okay. they could they could still come to a deal with Dak. I don't think he took that scenario as seriously as he should have. He definitely thought about it. Every single owner thinks about everything. They're well, super what, smart. They know what they're doing. But I don't think that he thought about it as much as he should have. And it's coming back to bite him now. What I really think it is is just a mix-up of priorities, possibly. And, you know, obviously Zeke is good. Like, you know, there's nothing wrong with Zeke. You know, he's great. But, yes, he's in a great system. And he could probably get similar production from someone else. And I think it's a matter of they took priority to keeping Zeke where they probably could have, like I said, get production like that from another running back for less money. Not production like that. Production that, I mean, good production, but good production Zeke is one of the best running backs in the NFL. And I don't think people, I don't think any of us are arguing that. No. Yeah. But I mean, you could get still solid production, but maybe they should have prioritized Dak Prescott because yes, you know, he's not like an elite quarterback, but I think if they could develop his game and maybe work on that deep ball a little bit, he really can be. And like, he's not that far off. Like the mental stuff, the hard stuff he's got figured out. Like if we could just make those physical adjustments, he can be an elite quarterback. And I think maybe that's where the Cowboys ownership should have put their priorities instead of, signing uh, Ezekiel Elliott for a ton of money because because when you do that, you might not have enough for Dak. And yeah, Dak does want too much uh, for what he's worth, but, uh, you know, my, I, I think I made my point. Yeah, I mean, I think that when you sign, unless the running back is Christian McCaffrey, I don't think that it's ever smart to sign um, a running back to as big as a deal as they signed Zach, uh, Zeke. And I think that they were kind of thinking old school. They, you know, it's not 2010 anymore where all you do is run the ball and, you know, your quarterback, uh, you know, the passing game is second to the running game. I think that now it's all about the passing game. It's a passing offense. It's a passing league. That's what's exciting. That's what every single offense does now. Um, and yeah, you're seeing more mobile quarterbacks that can run, but that's all off the pass. And the pass is what's driving every single offense. Every single offense is pass focused. And when that's the case, you have to put your big bucks where the passing offense gets better. And when you pay Zeke that much money, and now it's hurting you when you're trying to sign Dak, I think that it was a bad move then. And it's really, really hurting you now. I think that's fair. I think that it's definitely fair to say it was a bad move, and I think that I think that they're still going to have to. I mean, they're going to have to pay Zeke or uh, Dak. Dak is, but he's a franchise quarterback. He might not be elite, but he's definitely a game manager type. He's above. He's above most game managers. Like, uh, he's he's above the category of like Alex Smith. Um, oh, I would maybe put Dak Prescott in the category of Joe Flacco when Joe Flacco was in his prime. Yeah, I, I, I think yeah. that might be a fair comparison to make. And, but Dak is younger. Like, like he's still young. I think yeah, he's no. a step or two away from being elite. Like, yeah. He can still, as you've said, Sammy, he can still develop into something great. And I oh, think if absolutely. you're paying him that amount of money, you have 26. to believe that he'll become that, right? 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, he's 26 years old. He could definitely uh, develop into a good quarterback. But uh, I want to bring up a serious issue that has been plaguing society for the past couple of years, and it's called uh, Twitter Trolls. And this is uh, a nice segue into Jack's dumb Twitter takes here. But uh, I don't know if this guy is a troll or he's an idiot, but Sammy actually brought this to my attention. Uh-huh. And this is going to be my Jack's dumb Twitter take of the day. And it is Meta World Peace. Former now, obviously, Meta World Peace is not a troll. But he released his top five NBA players ever. And his top five NBA players ever, he put a reason uh, next to why he had each of them. Uh, number one, Bill Russell, 12 rings. Number two, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, number one in points, six MVPs, six rings. Uh, number three, Wilt Chamberlain. He averaged 50 points and 25 rebounds. That is insane. But obviously, I don't think he's the third best basketball player of all time. MJ, number four. Wow. I think even the MJ haters have him at number two. Yeah. If you're a legitimate <sighs> basketball fan. I mean, it's not like the Wilt Chamberlain thing. I think Wilt Chamberlain is very underappreciated. I've mentioned this in past episodes, but I think Chamberlain's super underappreciated. I think he can't. I think he's maybe a top five of all time. I think he's a top I five. He, I mean, you can make that case. You can make yeah, that case. Like, but he's not he was just such a, such a beast. Yeah. I think MJ and LeBron are both better than him. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's just, I mean, you know. He definitely has the craziest stats in NBA history. Yeah. Some of his statistics, some of his records are insane. And then number five is being five rings. You th- they don't even have LeBron at number five? No. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I mean, you can't do that. That's like, wrong. That's no, just plain is old this the dumbest? Jordan, is this is, the dumbest Jack's Twitter, dumb Twitter take of all time? Could be. I mean, what what are some of the other dumb ones we've had? We've had Mad Dog Russo's take. We've had um, uh, we, we had, had another Jordan had some one. bad ones. We, yeah, we had we had uh, we had another dumb one about Jordan. I'm trying to think. But I think that, like, a guy that actually, yeah. like, you know, Meta World Peace, you know, he's not some, he's not no. some schlub, you know? Well, I mean, you <laughs> got to think of it from this perspective. He's, he, he's no more qualified to be an ESPN analyst or a sports analyst than we are. If you think about it, just because he's a former player doesn't mean that he knows um, what he's talking about. I mean, there's some guys that play a professional sport that aren't fans of that sport at all. They play it because they're good at it and makes them a boatload of money. But I mean, obviously most players aren't that way, but a lot of, I mean, there are a very small amount of players that are that way. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't want to, okay, sorry. Oh, go ahead. I, I, I don't want to make any assumptions about meta world peace. I'm know, making I, assumptions. I, he was, he was I'm making great, assumptions. Have you seen that? Did great you, player. Did you listen to what we're saying, Sam. I, wait, 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 I'm making wait, wait, assumptions. Wait, let, let me finish. Let me finish. So, uh, I mean, Bill Russell should not be number one. I, you know, yes, he won like a million rings. But, you know, those Celtics were among the greatest teams of all time. It, he did not do it alone. And, yes, Bill Russell is one of the greatest – you know, big men ever to play the game of basketball, but he's not the best player of all time. I'm sorry. I think any legitimate list 
has either got to have Michael Jordan in the top two, and has got to have LeBron James in like the top three. Like, yeah. And if that's not it, like, I, I really can't take a list like that. Like, besides that, seriously, you know, I, I think, you know, Chamberlain, I think, is a little too high, but I, you know, I like him in the top five. I think Kobe, I like in the top five. LeBron, where's LeBron? I don't know. Why is Russell there? Should not where's, be there. Where's LeBron? I don't know. <laughs> and, and Jordan is at number four. He should be at number one. You know, I've said that, you know, plenty of times. He should be at number two, but that's fine. Not at number four. Not at number four. I'll agree with you there. But he's not <laughs> yeah. One, in my opinion, you know, we've already had this, uh, this debate. We won't have it now. Yeah, but uh, that was definitely a hot take. And today... We all have our own hot takes. We haven't done this. Uh, we haven't done this in a few weeks, so we all got some pretty good ones. And uh, who wants to start us off? Can I do it? All right. Yeah, let's hear it. I have a hot take that I think a lot of people um, won't think, won't agree with me on this. Obviously, that's what a hot take is. But I think especially <laughs> this hot take is going to be very unpopular. And it is that Bryce Harper is actually underrated. Oh, okay. I, I, okay. Yes, you heard me right. Bryce Harper is underrated. You might say, well, Jack, Bryce Harper is overrated. No, Bryce Harper is underrated. And for all you national homers that I'm sure we have a lot of them listening to the podcast based in Maryland, just try to, try to reason with me because I'm sure you guys hate Bryce Harper now. I don't know why. I mean, I think any Nat fan that doesn't like Bryce Harper is is not the smartest because I feel like, I mean, the, the Nats were not going to pay him $400 million. I think he, he went to the place with the most money, and I don't think you can blame a player for trying to uh, take care of their their family. And, yeah, but anyway, that's a topic for another day. But the reason why I'm saying this is I think uh, – Two, three years ago, you, I think Bryce Harper was overrated. And I think that now, that it's been so hyped up how overrated he is. Uh, everyone's made it such a big conversation that I think it's gotten to the point where he's now underrated. I think uh, most people agree that he is not uh, – I mean, that his past couple seasons, he hasn't had an MVP caliber season uh, since his MVP year. I still think he has – uh, potential. I mean, he's not that old. Uh, I don't know how. I, he's still. I think he's in his late twenties. Let's see. Uh, he is twenty-seven. Yeah. So yes. he's actually. He's. I mean, technically, still very young. He, he has. I mean, he just entered his prime. If you think about it, because normally a player's prime and it differs. It's normally from. Uh, it starts at ages around twenty-six, twenty-seven, and it goes to. Usually around 31, 32. I mean, Harper was just so young when he came into the league. It's like... He, I mean, it's felt like he's been around forever. And the fact that he's 20... Yeah. I mean... And you know what's also crazy? What? Uh, I, I'm just... Before I say this, I'm just, I am just got to look something up quickly. I just want to make sure that I don't say the wrong thing. Okay. Here we go. Aaron Judge is actually older than Bryce Harper. I believe that. Cause, I mean, Bryce was just so young. Like, he was 19 when he made and, his debut. And That's insane. Aaron Judge and Mike Trout. Yeah, Bryce Harper's a year younger than Mike Trout, who's 28. Aaron Judge is 28. Aaron Judge was 25 when he was a rookie because he went to college. And get this. Bryce Harper is only two years older than Pete Alonzo, who was a rookie last year. 
Yeah, I mean, he he was great so young. And I think that's why he had so much hype and why he, he got, so you know, young. he was. He really was. And he's been in the league, as Sammy said, for so long. And usually when you're 27, you know, you maybe are in the league like two, three years. But he's been in for much, much longer. And, yeah. And, and now... Jack, you want to give us some stats to show yes, us why you think? Yes, because uh, I was I was just about to say you guys might be thinking, well, you haven't actually given us any factual information yet. Well, uh, to do that, I've compared him to another player uh, who many people don't think are overrated. They think he's a really good player, and that is Chris Bryant. Uh, many people, I don't think anyone thinks that Chris Bryant is an overrated baseball player. I think that they think he's kind of like a. Uh, Right where he should be when it comes yeah. to his rating. Maybe so a little underrated. Maybe I mean, I'm biased. He's like my favorite baseball player. I don't player. think he's underrated. I don't think he's underrated. Yeah. I, I'd say he's uh, correctly rated. Yeah. He gets on hear- base a ton. He Like more than any other third baseman. He, what's his on base percentage? He's like. His on base percentage is 382. 382. Oh, yeah, it's pretty good. Harper's on base percentage is 372, which, I mean, isn't that big a difference. But let's get into some of the, the nitty gritty numbers here um Bryce Harper yes I mean third base you could argue is a more valuable position than right field but in the majors I mean I mean yes it is but Bryce Harper is such a good defense I mean he's a good defender and he had in his war in 2019 he had a 4.3 war uh Chris Bryant's war was 3.7 which is a substantial I mean it's pretty big I mean it's not a huge difference but it's definitely a noticeable difference um, Bryce Harper had uh, 35 homers. Uh, Chris Bryant. Bryant had 31. Chris Bryant, Bryant had 31 hit, last year? Wow, yeah. I didn't Chris even Bryant know that. Oh, my God. hit 282. Bryce Harper hit 260. Uh, um, Chris Bryant had 77 RBIs. Bryce Harper had 114. Chris Bryant had four stolen bases. Bryce Harper had 15, which is a fair amount of stolen bases. It's yeah, more he's still got expect. some speed. He's Bryce Harper, speed. yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you, you act like he's an old man. We just discussed this. He's 27. And he, you know. he still got it. No, I mean, he <laughs> never lost it. But, no, uh, Bryce Harper had an 8.82 um, OPS, which is a little lower than um, Chris Bryant's, which is 9.03. And then they almost, uh, 125 to 131, almost had the same OPS plus. So, yes, you could make an argument that Chris Bryant is a better player than Bryce Harper, but you cannot make an argument that, Chris Bryant is a much better player than Bryce Harper. I think that they're pretty evenly matched if you look matched if you look at the statistics. And I think that it really goes to show that if Bryce Harper his contract he's not worth his contract. I don't think not many quite. players in the MLB are worth their contract, but I don't think he's an over I don't think he's overrated because people I mean, you might think, yes, he's not worth his contract. That makes him overrated. But people's perception of him, I mean, people's perception of Bryce Harper now, they, may, they, they make him out to be like he's like a, a below average, or like, like a slightly above average uh, MLB player. Bryce Harper is better than a slightly above average MLB player. Bryce Harper, I mean, he's an all-star. Yes, yeah. Should have been. He, wasn't, he yeah. wasn't last year. He really? That's interesting. Yeah, well. I mean. He had over 100 RBIs, which uh, I don't think RBIs are an important statistic at all. But um, he had a 4.3 WAR, which is good. He had a 260 on base percentage or a 260 batting average, which 
isn't awful for a guy that's hitting 35-plus home runs a year. And I think that his home runs will go up. I think he's still adjusting to um, Philly a little bit. I think that if next year, uh, obviously not this year because it's only 60 games, but thank God it's only 60 games. Thank God it is 60 games, not only. <laughs> but uh, I think in the next 162-game season, if he can stay healthy and play maybe 150 games, 145 games in that range, I think he'll hit 40-plus home runs. I think that – I mean, I really do think he's underrated. What do you guys yeah. think about this take? I cool. agree. I, oh, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, I've even kind of thought this, you know, before. I mean, I, I, I think what happened was – 2015, he's already, like, kind of making himself one of the best players in baseball. And he has a monster year. He leads the league in everything you want to lead the league in. On-base percentage, slugging percentage, OPS, OPS plus, which, you know, they go together. But, I mean, and those are the, the, the stats, I think, that if you want to lead the league in, or if you want to be an MVP, those are the ones you want to lead the league in. He was one of the best MVPs we've had a monster year. He hits 330, a beast. Next year, he regresses. He hits only 243, and all of his numbers take a huge hit. And I think that's where a lot of the Bryce Harper overrated stuff kind of started to, you know, happen. People were like, wow, he had a huge regression. Come on, what's going on? But it's hard to really talk about regression when the year before is – literally insane and one of the best MVPs of the decade, like I said. So I think that's where the overrated stuff with Bryce Harper started to come, which, you know, and for a time, I kind of believed it, you know, and it was true. But last year, his first year in Philadelphia, you don't hear Bryce Harper get talked enough. enough. He's not talked about enough. I mean, he had a really, really good year. Jack had all the numbers for you, and he was not an all-star. Yeah, he got nothing last year. No silver slugger, no nothing. And he, uh, he's been an all-star. Uh, he was an all-star the last four years. And then 2019, he gets nothing. And 2019, I think, was actually better than his 2018 campaign. So, um, you know, Bryce Harper, I'd agree. You know, he's still got a lot of things. He's st- still only 27. And, you know, with the shortened season coming up, I, I think he could be a real threat for the Phillies. And I think the Phillies, despite a mediocre, mediocre year last year with uh, some really good Harper play and, you know, some good play all around, I think they could also uh, – they could win that division uh, like people are saying the Nationals and Braves could. Yeah. I mean, he look, he's a great player, and I think that the perception of him has changed just because of his contract and people think, oh, he's overrated because he's not worth his contract. But as Jack said, that's not a fair standard, you know. Bryce Harper went into a market that was made for him. It was made for him to make the big bucks, and he did. And you can't hold that against him. And I think, obviously, he hasn't performed to that contract because I don't think anybody can unless you're Mike Trout. And, you know, we don't really talk enough about, though, you know, obviously he's great at the plate, but he's also a really good right fielder. You know, he's got a cannon. Oh, oh my God. Best arm, I think. One of the best arms in the game. He's definitely got one of the best arms in the game. Um, absolute cannon. He will throw people out at third, at home. I mean, it's really nice to see him play right field. So when you have a guy that hits that well and is such, such a good fielder, I think that you cannot underrate this guy because, you know, as I've said, the contract makes him look worse than he is, but you can't hold the contract against a player when you're talking about overrated, underrated. 
Yeah, so um, super interesting. You know, I, I totally agree with that one. And uh, now I'm going to get on to my hot take. And um, yeah, you know, I, I'm a Bears fan. Um, so this is going to be football about the Bears. And every year, I, I, as any fan of any team, want the Bears to win their division. But I decided to uh, take a deeper dive and see, can the Bears win the NFC North? And I think my hot take is that they will. Um, and let me just start by talking about the Bears and some of the improvements they made uh, from last year to this year. Now, we all know that in 2018, the Bears were 12-4. and They had this really great year. Their defense was the best in the league. It was nice. It was so fun as, the, as a Bears fan. And it all ended on the double doink, something I do not like to think about. Um, but yeah, um, so last year, one of the, the biggest criticism of the Chicago Bears was at the QB position. And those criticisms were of, of course, Mitchell Trubisky. Now, Trubisky, I, you know, I think some of it is deserved. He's not a horrible quarterback. He's not as bad as people say he is. But he's just a painfully average guy. He misses easy throws way too much. It, as, you know, watching all those games, it got too much for me. He was missing a ton of easy throws. He has potential, and he's shown flashes. Um, he's just not consistent enough. Like, he had a game against the Cowboys last year where he had three touchdowns over 300 yards. And I was like, Mitchell Trubisky is a solid quarterback. And, you know, he does not do that every week. We all know he's just average. Um, but this offseason, they bring in Nick Foles. And people have question marks about this trade. Is it going to work? Will it not work? Is Nick Foles uh, still – is he going to be the guy that led the Eagles to the Super Bowl? Or is he going to be the guy – that was benched last year for Gardner Minshew after getting hurt. And I think the great thing about Foles is that he does exactly what Trubisky cannot do. Trubisky is not patient in the pocket. He's hyperactive. He, at, at, at any sight of pressure, he will get the ball out. Even if, got, even if there's a guy wide open down the field, he will get the ball out to whoever's closest to him. And the Bears probably lose a ton of yards because of that. Nick Foles is the complete opposite. He will wait in the pocket. He takes the pressure like a man. He stands in there. He's an old-fashioned guy. And he'll take it, which actually leads to some injuries, which he has dealt with. He's never played a full season. But, you know, that's one thing that Trubisky can't do, that Foles can come in and do very well. And another thing that Nick Foles does well, just the whole mental part of the game. He's a great decision maker. He's good at making adjustments, reading defenses, um, which are a lot of things that as a young quarter, quarterback who has been scrutinized a ton, Trubisky is just not great at. So I think the Foles trade is a huge plus. I think he's going to end up probably starting next year, um, at least by week three. I'm, he might even be the week one starter. I think he will definitely be a huge upgrade. And if not, I think he's going to be a good mentor to Trubisky, put some weight off his shoulders. And if Trubisky does get back in there, I think we're going to see him take a step in the right direction. So the biggest complaint about the Bears, QB position, I think is somewhat solved and it's definitely improved. And I think the Bears now have a uh, league average 
QB situation, if not better, we'll have to see. Uh, and then, of course, you know, the receiving court, not great. But Allen Robinson is a beast. I've gone on and on about him on if this show. If he stays healthy. If he stays healthy, which he did last year. I think he, um, he has been more healthy than he has been in his entire life, his, his entire career. Um, and so he's going to be a beast. And then you got Anthony Miller, who um, has kind of been the number three or four receiver for them. But Taylor Gabriel is gone. And now uh, he's going to get a lot more receptions. He's super athletic, has great hands, super smart. No, defenders cannot tell where he's going. I love Anthony Miller. I think he's going to have a huge year. People sleep on him a ton. And I think the offense, um, the only thing about it is the O-line. Not great. I think they should have gone and uh, taken the money that they ended up spending on Jamie Graham, which he's getting a huge contract, n- not deserved. And I think they should have spent that on the O-line. But, you know, I, I think their offense is is good enough. I think they made a lot of the improvements they wanted to make at the QB position. I think Jimmy Graham will be all right. And uh, I think they, uh, Anthony Miller is going to be better, and Robinson is going to have another great year. Offense, looking good for the Bears. And that was where they were weak. Defensively, they were a great team last year, an even better team in 2018. And they improve upon that. Robert Quinn is coming in from Dallas, possibly the best, I think almost not arguably, he's the best uh, speed rusher in the NFL, and they bring him in to a defensive line that already has Akeem Hicks, one of the best power rushers in the NFL, and Khalil Mack, who's just a jack-of-all-trades, and we all know is a beast. Yes, Mack had a down year, but you bring in Quinn, you have Hicks there, who missed a lot of time last year, he was hurt, those three guys will make the best defensive line in football that we've seen since the Denver Broncos, uh, like I, I think five years ago maybe. I, that's the best D-line in football without a doubt. Linebackers, solid. Roquan Smith, young uh, third-year guy. He's going to be great. And uh, they also add to Sean Gibson uh, from Houston who is going to be solid. He had a great year. He had three interceptions last year to pair along with Eddie Jackson, the most dangerous safety in football. And the defense is going to improve a lot. I think they're going to be the best defense in the NFL again. And we, when you look at all that, I think it's clear. This, I mean, regardless of the competition, that the Bears will win that division. And I know that's a hot take. That's what this whole segment's about. But... You know, the Packers, I don't think are going to be as good. I did not think they were going to be good last year. Rodgers, I think, is going to be rattled because of the whole Jordan Love situation. Their defense, yes, they have Zadarius Smith, but I think it's overrated. They won't be as good. The Vikings, uh, I think, will be the threat. They'll be the team to beat, but they're not going to be as good. Their offense uh, has gone down a lot after losing Stefan Diggs, and the Lions are out of the question. Um, to be frank. So that's my hot take. I think the Bears are going to win the NFC North. I want to hear what you guys think. Do you guys think I'm crazy, or do you guys think I'm maybe onto something here? Well, you know, in my opinion, I think that, you know, the Lions, they're on the up and up. I don't think that they're going to be as good as the Bears. You know, I think the Bears, you know, what they have over every single team in this NFC North division is the defense. And I think that, that defense is going to be great, as you said, and I think it will be one of the best, if not 
the best in the NFL. But when all you have is Allen Robinson and a question mark for me at QB, I don't think that you can say that this offense is okay. And I don't think that it can compete with um, the Vikings offense. I don't think it can can compete with the Packers offense. And if you don't have an offense that can move the ball, not only does that hurt your chances of winning because you won't score as much, but it's going to hurt your defense because your defense needs time to rest. They need time to make adjustments. And that won't be possible if this Bears offense is not good. And, you know, from what I can tell, the offensive line isn't great. You know, it's probably going to be a little bit more run heavy of a team. And if you can stop the run on this Bears team and double team Allen Robinson, I don't think that you can say that this Bears offense is good. And when you're competing with Aaron Rodgers, who although doesn't have that many weapons, I think he's going to come out firing. You know, not a lot of people believed in him last year, and he went 13 and three. So yeah, I think semi. Some, I mean, I, wait, hey, you cannot expect a team that goes 13 and three to take that much of a decline that they don't win the division. I think you got to give them the benefit of the doubt because they still have. I they mean, they had an easy schedule. I'm sorry, 13 still, and three still, was not what they should have been. Still. They, I mean, were, they should have been an 11 5 team. 11, I mean, you can't, but you got to give a t- even if they did have an easy schedule, you got to give them the benefit of the doubt with a 13 and 3 record. I mean, Devontae Adams is a beast. Aaron Jones is a beast. They still got a pretty decent offense. And I mean, the, uh, I, I just don't see uh, Nick Foles. You cannot say that he's a league average quarterback because he got signed to that deal in Jacksonville. He got hurt, but when he came back, he sucked. He got benched for Gardner Minshew. Yeah, he lost his job to Gardner Minshew, who, although was exciting, he wasn't incredible. It wasn't like, what'd you say? Fantastic mustache. Oh, great mustache. That man, I mean. A plus mustache. Yeah, A plus there. Okay, look, here's what I'm saying. The 2018 Bears were 12-4. and That offense was probably worse than what they have now. Trubisky was... Again, an average QB, slightly better than he was last year, but he was nothing special. Allen Robinson did not – he was hurt a lot. He was not nearly as good when he was, was playing than he was last year, and I think he's even going to take another – They had a lot forward. of things working for them that season, though. Their defense was great. Their defense was the best in the league, and that's where they're going to be again. And their offense is better that's than fair. it was because Matt Nagy is a play caller who likes to take risks, and that's where the offense worked. And in 2018, when Trubisky was, like, doing, like, what he was supposed to be doing, that's what they could do. They could take risks, and that's offensively how they worked. Last year, that was off the table. Trubisky was bad, and they could not take risks, and they only won eight games. But now you have Nick Foles. He's experienced. And I'm not trying to make the case that Nick Foles is the best quarterback ever to play. I'm not trying to say he's an elite quarterback not even trying to say he's like an above league average quarterback, but it's a huge improvement. And I think that's all you need for this Bears offense to be successful. This offense does not need to be. They don't need top to be ten good. offense. They don't they need just, to be they a good just offense. Need to be good enough. Defense. They ex- exactly. They just need to be good enough. And I think bringing Foles in allows Matt Nagy to have more freedom with the play calling and feel like he's not backed into a corner with a horrible quarterback. And that's what Nick Foles does. Anthony Miller, I, you know, I don't know how much you guys know about him, but he has been really good, and he gets open a lot. A lot of those throws, which either Trubisky does not see or 
Trubisky misses. He's, I mean, he's going to take a lot of the pressure off of Robinson. I don't think he can really manage to double-team Robinson with Miller, who I think is going to be a weapon, um, on the other side. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, you know, this offense is not going to be, you know, they're not going to be better than the Green Bay Packers. They're not going to be the Baltimore Ravens. You know, they're going to be probably a below-average offense. But that's better than what they were last year. Last year, it was just complete not working. And I think when you have an offense that is improving, Nagy's going to have more freedom play calling-wise. And you have that defense. That's, I mean, the centerpiece of that team. That's what you, all you need to win that division. And I don't think the Packers are anything special. The Bears lost to the Packers in Lambeau last year on basically a, penalty, a 15-yard penalty call on a punt. That's how they lost to the Packers. If they won that game, they would have been in the playoffs last year. I mean, people are saying the Bears are going to be horrible. They were 8-8 eight eight last year. When they were hurt, they were down a lot. Trubisky was horrible. And with all these improvements... Trubisky was really bad. Trubisky was horrible. But, like... And they were still 8-8. Eight eight. They were still 8-8. Eight eight. So, with all these improvements happening, and if they can stay healthy, which, I'm, you know, obviously is never a given, but I'm hoping, if they can stay healthy... And all these improvements, I think they're going to win at least 10 games. Well, the Bears, the Bears are the team that you're at, you're at the barbecue, you're at the dinner, and you're looking at football scores with your cousin, and your cousin makes his prediction that the Bears are going to make the playoffs. And you're like, the Bears aren't going to make the playoffs. And then you see that they were 8-8, eight and eight, and you're like, God damn, the Bears might make the playoffs. Exactly. You know? like, they're better it, than you think. They were not that bad. Like, as a Bears fan, after that 12-4 and season, last year was very disappointing, you know. But we were still a 500 team, and we are improving. Like, I, I, people are saying the Bears offense was one of the worst in the, or the offseason. It was. They were bad. Or, uh, the offseason, sorry. I didn't mean offense. The, people are saying that the Bears offseason this year was one of the worst in the NFL, and you can't say that. You add Robert Quinn who is going to make a huge impact on that defense, make him even better. Deshaun Gibson at safety, who, you know, isn't like anything crazy. He's not Jamal Adams, but he's going to really help out Eddie Jackson back there. And then Nick Foles, I mean, look, I know I'm a Bears fan, but like, even if they don't win the division, which I strongly think they will, they're going to be a playoff team again. They're going to be back. And they're a team that is more experienced. And they're a team that I think people should expect to make a run next year. And um, I'm just going to ask you this, Sammy. You know, as you said, they did have a good offseason when it comes to adding th- adding weapons on the defensive side. But don't you think people are criticizing it because they added things to the defense when they should have had their focus on the offensive line, adding wide receiver weapons and things of that nature instead of focusing on something that was already a strength of theirs as a team? I, you know, and That's a good point. You know, I... But the bottom line is, I mean, this. I think the offensive line will improve. Um, they made they made one minor signing. Um, I know, and uh, Cody White here, our center, and James Daniels are. Uh, he's been shifting around between right and left guard, but um, they're both very young and they're both improving. I think they'll be better next year. And I, you know, this it's not going to be a great offensive line. And I, I agree. You know, I think the Jimmy Graham money was a huge mistake. They did not really need that i think they should have used that to strengthen the o-line but the o-line in 2018 when they went 12 and 4 
was nothing special. And you know what carried them? It was the defense, the number one defense that shut teams down. And yes, their defense was good last year, but it was not the same. They were not forcing turnovers the same way. Um, and they were not just shutting teams down like they were the year before. But I think those two additions are super important because now they're going to be back where they're shutting teams down like they were before. And that's where the Bears, even since the 80s, that's where the Bears have been their best. Defense. The defense is the, uh, the centerpiece of that team. And yes, maybe you want to spend some of that money on the O-line. But I think it's going to be worth it because you don't need that O-line to be anything special. I think it's already going to improve from last year uh, because of uh, some of the youth that they have and the development that uh, is bound to happen. I mean, and, you know, I, I do hope that – I would have hoped that maybe they would have gotten someone, but, you know, the, the Bears are going to win that division next year. Okay, well, that's a hot take. And, Jack, you kind of want to plug the, uh, the voicemail here because you could uh, leave a voicemail. Tell us if you agree with Sammy's hot take and if you guys have hot takes. Yeah, uh, you guys can leave a voicemail at 202-743-1767. That is 202-743-1767. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the segment that you have all been waiting for, the segment that you skip to in the podcast because it is your favorite and you got to listen to it first. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, give me a drum roll, please, for Ori's Amazon product of the day. Take it away, Ori. All right. Well, sadly, I had to have a horrible introduction by Jack and not a great introduction by some music. But I, think I it thought it was pretty good. And we are working on it. We are working on the music. We are working on the music. Okay, good. Uh, I'm waiting because uh, I'm kind of carrying this podcast with this segment. Not gonna lie. <laughs> okay, <laughs> oh, okay. No, no, that was a joke. That was a joke. Calm down. But anyway, <laughs> as Jack said, I don't want to keep you guys waiting any longer. We got an absolute banger here, you guys. You know, I've 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 seen that you guys like this segment. I have an absolute blast researching this segment. So we have a very good product today. Um, brought to you by Accoutrements. Okay, I don't know. I guess that's the company name. Interesting. It's Archie McPhee instant underpants. Um, now, Say that one more time. Yeah, I, I, I do not know what to expect from this product. Okay, Archie McPhee instant underpants. Um, now, just to uh, clarify some things, I'll explain how the product works. So it comes. I can't even say that. <laughs> it uh, it comes in a little um, tin, in a little metal tin, not bigger than an Altoids mint box. If you could uh, kind of get frame of reference, it's it's smaller than that. It's a circle, and basically what you do is you add water to this, and you get instant underpants. So you know <laughs> what? <say>, yeah, <laughs> I have what heard of this hell? before. This isn't. I have heard of this before. Not this product, but instant underpants. It is. It is like a thing that's like. It's not like unheard of. Well, I mean, I think that this I, is the funniest. I have never I heard of it. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna go on record. I've never heard of this thing. <laughs> I mean, I haven't either until I uh, until I saw it when I was doing uh, my my research for the show. But yeah, so um, we have some funny um, some funny reviews here. It actually got a four point four out of five. So that's pretty good. Um, I'm pretty sure it's not, it, it's not, it does, it's not a certain size. It's kind of a one size fits all. Is it like I don't know paper? How that exactly works. Um, 
Is but yeah, let's like, get into some reviews. Is it, it like was, paper underwear? It's um, I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, it expands, so it can't only be paper. But whatever it is, I guess it works. Um, because it got a four point four. But let's get into some reviews, which were absolutely. Oh hilarious. yeah, I have one that I really really like. Um, it got five stars. Right, it says when I purchased this, I was not sure that they would be useful. However, today I shit my pants and at work, and I was super prepared. I went to the bathroom, put this in water, and after five minutes of standing uh, pantless in my office bathroom and a few weird glances from my boss, I put them on and my life was changed. You know, so you convenient gotta, and they definitely prepared. Well, wait, it's not over. It gets better. I was just saying you got to be prepared. If, if You do got to be prepared. If you shit your pants at work, you got to be prepared. Exactly. This product is perfect for that. It's pretty small, so you can put it anywhere. And just to end the, uh, the review, it says, so convenient, and they definitely have a nice boost for your caboose. 10 out of 10, sexy and boost functional. for your caboose. Oh, my <laughs> so I've, I've never only. heard of anything like that. Wow. I know. It, it really shocked me. I didn't even know that this was scientifically possible. But, you know, it has multiple functions, as you guys can tell. Not only can you put it in your car or in your bag and you know you're always prepared but apparently it has a nice boost for your caboose so it's also sexy i guess <laughs> i guess under- they very important to add the i guess <laughs> <laughs> instant underpants archie mcphee what do you guys think about that jack uh i i don't think it's one of your better products to be you honest don't think so i just i i disagree i i disagree i think this is a little bit uh underwhelming i think it's honestly it's a little bit of a disappointment. Oh, I really? disagree. No, hot take. I, I, think, that? I, I, I don't disagree. think it's a hot take. I think, I think it's not. I mean, I don't think there's anything funny about having an accident at work and needing paper underpants. And I think that it's very like. Is it like an adult diaper? It could be like an adult diaper of sorts. It could be like hey, all it an says emergency is for if you're potty training a kid. Like it definitely is more practical than some of the other items on, on your list. And that makes it good though. That makes it good, man. I I I saw this and I was like, this must be on the show. You know, I will I like block it. I will I block like out it. Jack's hate. And okay, Sammy I'm sorry. I'm just here enjoying the I'm product. Right? I I like I I like the product. Uh, in in four point four out of five, that's one of our better. I mean that that is one of the better ones. Yeah, that that's is, true. Yeah. Although a lot of them say that it sucked. We've just had so. a lot of four star uh ratings recently. Ori, I think you need to step your game up. But yeah, I'm gonna me. start looking at some lower ratings, guys. I'll give that to you next. And episode. I and right. and by any means, I don't think this is a bad product. I just think that the level of expectation that Ori has set has been so high that it's unrealistic to assume that he's gonna be able to keep that rating. It's like I liked it. It's man. like if a basketball player scores sixty points in like ten straight games. You obviously or or a better example, if a baseball player hits like a home run in his first three games and he's averaging hundred and sixty two and he's on pace to hit hundred and sixty two games. 162 home runs in a season. Obviously, he's not going to hit 162 home runs in a season. I think Ori is going to hit 162. I think I'm hitting 100. I think I'm hitting 180. 180. Wow. But anyway, wow. I I like the product. You know, I I don't think. I think I'm. You know, it's not a bad product. It's just I don't think. I think there have definitely been better ones. But that is it from us today. Ori, anything to say? 
Well, all I want to say about this product here, I think Jack is a little biased because he's had some run-ins with this product. I think he's definitely had to use it multiple times, which is plead the why fifth. you don't think it's such a weird product. I but. plead the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's all I'll say to plead no, my I'm case. I'm just kidding. I <laughs> if you guys want to, to uh, tell us your opinions on this product, you could go DM us at chatter underscore cheap seats pod. That's on TikTok and TikTok. Instagram. Um, but yeah, I had fun. I hope you guys like it. Uh, Sammy, what about you? Yeah, I mean, you know, the big news today, obviously, baseball back. I, like, we're all, you know, just rejoicing right now. Very excited that baseball is going to be back. And yeah, and, you know, another fun episode. Um, yeah, you know, I've loved doing this. And uh, what else is there to say? You know, uh, I, talking about the Bears was fun. Have you I, as you guys could tell. Yet? Uh, yes, I did. Yeah. Oh, oh, I if, if, if any of you bet on that, okay. you know, good job, I guess. Fun episode. That <laughs> There are definitely a couple of betting games that we can do for this podcast. Yeah, but, um, yeah, you know, talking about the Bears, too, was fun. Uh, I, as you guys could probably tell, like, I'm passionate about sports, I, you know, but, like, when it comes to Chicago sports. No, whole I, other level. Man. It's a whole other <laughs> level, yeah, especially the Bears. Bears and Cubs, whew. Yeah, but uh, thank you guys for uh, listening, and I will see you guys next time. Yeah, and just uh, wrap it up here. Uh, as Ori said, you can follow us on uh, our socials at Shatter underscore Cheap Seats Pod on Insta and TikTok. You can follow me, my personal account, on Twitter. No, at- no, 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 no. We are not doing those personal plugs. I'm sorry. No, okay, I'm- let me finish. Let me finish because th- we are making a Chatter underscore Cheap Seats Pod TikTok, but until we do that, I'm going to plug the Twitter because I, I think I'm definitely the most active on Twitter. And I think it would be the same kind of content wow. as the podcast. So if you like the content from the podcast, definitely check me out on Twitter at Jack wow. underscore Feldman 282. You can also follow me on Instagram at Jack underscore Feldman 282. Oh, my. But, um, okay. Oh man. The personal plugs are real. Yep, wow. The personal plugs. And you can leave a voicemail at 202 uh, 1767 uh that is 202-743-1767 uh yeah and that is it for us today uh so see you guys next time over and out